We are live on the campus of Cal State San Marcos. Welcome to another episode. I'm with this gentleman. I hate to say it. He's hired me twice that I can count. And he goes back to my very first sales career position, 1994, Paychecks, Orange County, 55 Freeway. And normally you meet your district managers, candidates in person, but unfortunately you were out of town. This is a story I remember. Uh, but Miguel De Jesus, other known as MDJ, over 20 years executive sales leadership experience. I was a sales rep reported in his division. And then he'll probably talk about the story about how he hired me the second time. And I was actually a leader that reported to him. He's joining the hiring manager. Yes, that's right. It's all kind of transitioning because the student manager helps high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. But what I've told you, and we've communicated, and I said, you're going to be my first guest because these college graduates, young think they know all what's going on in this world. They don't even know how to prospect to get a job. They don't know how to interview to get a job. They don't know the follow-up. Things have changed from when you hired me back in 1994. I gave Michelle Wolf the thumbs up. Miguel, great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> great to see you, Michael. It is an awesome pleasure for me to, number one, fast forward the images of you uh -oh. almost 25, 30 years ago to where you are today, and more importantly, how you've evolved throughout the years. So it is a good thing. Plus, you become a parent. Yes, sir. Because you weren't a parent. You were like you know, a freshman, sophomore, sophomore kind of, of individual in a cube trying to figure out, ah, what do I do next? What can I possibly break? So I am delighted to see you today. It's been a while, and you owe me breakfast. Yes, sir. Breakfast, lunch, but COVID... And this could be a transition right into the first question is really in the last two years probably impacted how people interview the job process or even you being on this campus of what you're seeing with students uh, and getting ready for the real world, should we say. What has changed the most drastically that you've seen that you can maybe help someone coming out of college or someone entering that sales force interviewing for the first time? Absolutely. So one of the things that's changed in this market, and I can't speak to pre-COVID markets because it was a different market. Today, our students are getting anywhere between three and four job offers. So if they are properly skilled, they get hired very quickly at a very high rate because there is a issue in the marketplace between supply and demand. There's more demand than there is supply for students at the moment. And that turns the tables in my entire job history, I cannot recall a better time to be a graduate. In fact, let me take it further, to be a student. If you're a junior or a senior, you're getting three to four different jobs thrown at you or opportunities presenting themselves every semester if you've got the right skills. So one of the things I do, for example, with my students is to make sure that they have specific product knowledge, expertise, at doing a specific thing, especially in the area of marketing. Miguel De Jesus is the Director of Business Development for the College of Business Administration at Cal State San Marcos. No, I have not had any individual on from this campus, but after our recording, you know I'm going to browse around campus and knowing my personality, I might just bring somebody live, right? Just ad lib. You might, of <laughs> course. 
So I want to get back to what you said. It's the best time to be a junior and senior because of the job market and with what's going on. So those students that are listening, graduates that are listening, or even parents that are listening to saying, hey, let's talk about what's your next step. This ain't going to be any more partying out here. We got to get on with the real world. I'm going to take this in two parts because do you see the generation coming out? They're entitled and they think they deserve this. And with that said, with all these jobs being offered, what's the best advice you can give them to take that fast track and separate themselves from that their peer? Our student body does not reflect that Long Beach State perspective. Uh-oh. Cal State University San Marcos is comprised 70% first-generation college students, so they're not privileged. In fact, 60%, Michael, have part-time jobs because they've got to pay for family, contribute to the family expenses, while also putting money in their pocket. So we have a slightly different, we're basically a commuter campus, which enables students to work part-time. Some of them put in 20 to as many as 38 hours carrying a full load. That, to me, is very impressive. It also provides grit, tenacity, resilience, and the ability to confront multiple issues at one time while attending school. What I believe sets our campus and faculty apart and the students is the family kind of approach to training, teaching, and delivering skill sets to our students. Our faculty is very, particularly during the COVID timeframe, very considerate of issues, family issues, health issues, and other problems that confront students in today's world. So we teach them how to navigate through that while also being very flexible and allowing students to contribute, participate, and complete courses on a schedule that's reasonable. So... What advice would you give to a student in college, right, trying to seek out that next, when they graduate, either an internship or whatever their major is? And we're looking at this book right now, you majored in what? I tell students this, I tell parents this, it doesn't matter what you major in, the best major you can major in is networking and promoting yourself and your brand, because unless you're being a doctor or an attorney, right, and you're going to love this reference, the accidental salesperson, right? We, we go to college and half of what people do today is not what they majored in. So when you're in college and oh, I'm a majoring in engineering or I'm a business and I'm economics, poli sci, how do we get to that next step? What advice do you give that college student today? How can they go out and start promoting themselves and trying to network to get that job? Excellent question, Michael. And I'll share with you that we have a 13-week course called Business Professional Development, BUS 300. And every undergraduate is required to take that course before they graduate from the College of Business at Cal State San Marcos. Why? Because it teaches them the life skills that they are going to require and need in order to seek employment. Now, whether they choose to be entrepreneurs, which we also teach, but there's a number of students that are okay graduating and working for someone else. So we teach them things like, hmm, how do you create a resume? What does a good resume look like? What are the key components of a good resume? Especially in today's world where companies, larger companies, are using applicant tracking systems 
ATS in order to scan resumes because they get too many applicants. They can't do it. Right. The human person can't be involved in every process. So they use that initially to filter the people they want to talk to. So I know a lot of college students right now putting their resumes together either for the real world or even a part-time summer job. I'm helping my daughters and fortunately they're learning it's all networking and getting, they can open the door, but they got to close it, right? But what advice would you say one or two things that stand out to get that resume noticed or to make it look good or to at least open that door? Absolutely. I'm going to give your listeners two tools that they can get very affordable, online tools. So uh, as part of that Business 300 program, the students are required to take an assessment called Career Leader. And the Career Leader becomes an important element of developing, first of all, identifying, then developing the scripting of what should appear on your resume. Also, how to create a cover letter. So here's a strategy that we give all of our students. We suggest to them, when they create their resume, that they create at least three to five different versions of their resume. Why? Because too many students think that creating one resume is going to suit and satisfy every potential employer that they're going to be speaking to. Very bad assumption. Again, going back to applicant tracking systems, they're looking for keywords in the application. And the way you find the proper keywords is by reviewing the job description. So those that are listening, this is so key because obviously these podcasts are my passion project. But in my real career, I just applied for a, another sales executive uh, career move within my organization. And looking at that job description and having, again, this broadcast or this podcast is brought to you by Marketing Marcy. Marcella McFadden helps with resumes and cover letters. She's my sister. She helped me update my cover letter and resume. Here's a 52-year-old season sales professional, but we took that job description and used those big time keywords. So if you're listening, Miguel hit it right on the dot using those description keywords. And maybe that's something I learned having two versions, three versions of that resume. Great advice. Absolutely, Michael. And, and you're spot on. Your advice is spot on, very timely, very accurate. And the other thing that we do with students, so here's the tough part is we have them participate in mock interviews. We have individuals that volunteer their time, their efforts, their energy, their seasoned executives somewhere else. They come in and volunteer a half hour of time to take our students through mock interviews, at which point they either get a job offer or they don't. The goal of the student at that point is to get a job offer. That would be a W, that's a, that's a win. If they don't, they will get great coaching on how to prepare for the next real interview where it, when it counts. OTJ, right? On the job training, you've hired many, many people. You've fired many, many people. And you just talked about mock interviews and some of my guests that are on the hiring manager, I take them through mock interview uh, practices or give me your 30 second elevator pitch. Fonger, this is like real, you put me on the spot, yes. Because if you could be prepared now, and I'll take you through the hardest challenge, mock interview, then when it actually comes, it's as you've been there before, right? 
So I'm a candidate. I'm a student either at Cal State San Marcos or I just graduated. Miguel, take me through some of your, and I don't know if it's changed. I still use the opening line. So I'm not going to tee it up, but take me through two or three questions of a mock interview and I will be the college grad. So anyone listening, here we go. So Michael, thank you for joining me today. We're going to spend a little time together. I'm going to learn a little bit about you and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have at the end of our time together. So can you tell me a little bit about, if I were to ask you to define or communicate to me two or three of your superpowers, what would those superpowers be? Wow. I didn't know he was going to go in this direction, but my superpowers would be my energy and my passion. Give me an example of the last time that energy and passion showed up in your life. So we're going to break down film. He's interviewing and you're listening to these, these questions. He's asking behavioral questions, examples, digging deeper. So those of you that are listening, you might have an answer, but you better be prepared to back it up. So I kept it short and simple. I said energy and passion. Miguel, let me talk about my passion. My passion are doing these podcasts, right? I've been doing it for two years. I started out, I don't even get paid for doing it, but it is what I do on the side. I love going out, finding guests. I love trying to make this podcast grow and get bigger, put it on different social media platforms. And it went from 20 downloads in the first three or four months to maybe 100 downloads after a year. Now I'm getting about 200 downloads. So that's my passion. That's my vision. And when you talk about energy, like if you don't see energy coming from this seat to your seat, and if I'm in a Zoom meeting on the interview that I just had internally, he says, I see your hunter prospecting skills all the way from across the country through Zoom. And he was in Atlanta. So hopefully that gives you an example and you can critique and say, yes, that's what we're looking for and helping. A You've done great to this point, Michael. I appreciate your energy, enthusiasm, and grit, as I tend to refer to it. So can you tell me perhaps... Give me another example of your why. So why do you do what you do? Great question. My why is my challenging. I want to be the best at what I can do. And I will not ever be settled or content. I'm very coachable. So why do I do it? It's kind of like if you ask me, what inspires you to wake up every day? I want to challenge myself. I want to be the best. I want to have the number one college search and admission podcast. I want to have the number one hiring podcast that helps these college graduates be successful in life. So that's my why. That's why I wake up. I loved your why. And you used the key term that I focused on. So I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little further on it. Uh, by the way, I hope you all are like taking great notes because... He's digging deeper. He's teaching me actually deeper interviewing questions than that I used to do 20 years ago under his great leadership. Always learning from MDJ. I, I appreciate you, Michael. <laughs> so use the word coachable. Oh. Can, can, you, can you give me an example of what that means? What does that mean? Yes, coachable. If you tell me, I'm very green, Miguel. I think when you hired me at Paychex, I was green and I told Michelle, I am green. I am a sponge. I will learn. Tell me what to do and I will do it. And I just used this in my internal interview uh, at my sales executive position that hopefully I'll be getting and hearing from soon. I said, I may not know the co-branding position very well, but I'm very coachable. I take direction. Just I know my skill set from the last 30 years. Tell me what to do. If I need to get better, if I need to learn, I will do it and I will take direction without 
pushing back. Obviously, I want to learn, I want to grow. So coaching is basically taking direction. If you are a former athlete, there's where I would really say, use your examples. How are you coachable? So, I mean, that was a great response. So for the benefit of your listeners, I'm going to break down two things that actually were in front of me because I discussed it with a couple, with faculty a few days ago. So most people who are successful, both in life and in business, personal and otherwise, have developed over time a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. Many times we do not understand what a growth concept mindset means. So I'm going to discuss two of them for you. So a growth mindset, when people attempt to do something, to perform a function, to learn a skill, to take a task, speak to the fact that growth mindset says failure is an opportunity to grow. Too many people go through life figuring out, oh, I can't do that, so I won't do that. Well, that's very limiting. And that is really a fixed mindset that's focused on failure and not growth. So how do you develop that? How do you teach that? Well, one of the things that, that we do with our students, especially in the area of the business professional development program, is basically reframe their thinking, is if in fact we can accomplish that in 13 weeks. If we can, they go from the potential of failure, the potential of feeling less than, less capable, unworthy, to feeling very worthy, very capable, because they've learned that failure is will teach you the lessons you need to do to be better going forward. Going back to your energy, enthusiasm, and grit. So what makes Michael Fong different than most people? First of all, he is a rule breaker. And I saw that early in an interview, and we took a risk. Well, I took a risk. <laughs> Which interview? This would be the first interview in terms of hiring. And one of the things that enthused me about him was his energy, his passion at the moment, even though he was unclear on the direction and trajectory that he was going to take, because that evolved over time. But at that point, I was hiring for enthusiasm, energy, and coachability. That's me. His immediate manager was looking at different things. And so from, from that perspective, if you come at things, opportunities from the standpoint of a growth mindset, you will be victorious, inevitably victorious. You may not always win at the moment. If you're in sales, you deal with a lot of rejection. Yes, sir. Right? <laughs> you know how that works. You just got to dust yourself off, play the script in your head. What just happened? Right? And then figure out what could I have said differently, better, or more significantly and more impactful that would have made me the unicorn. So I teach my students to be unicorns. What is a unicorn? Help people listening to this. They're like, I don't want to be a unicorn. No, you want to be a unicorn. You want to be unique in the marketplace. You want to be the only person by branding yourself better. That's another thing they don't teach you in most schools. How do you brand yourself? How do you become unique? And you've got to have a good coach and mentor, whether in school or outside of school, that will help you brand yourself so that you become irreplaceable. You become the only go-to person at that moment for whatever position they're interviewing for. 
give specific examples of how someone that's listening and graduating college, they don't have a lot of success maybe behind them, or they do. We had one of your my other peers and one of your other leaders on, on the podcast, John Todd, and he was talking about successes and transferring that into the interview. But how do you brand yourself? Give specific examples. What can someone be doing? Here's how you brand yourself. And I provide that opportunity to my students, our students here at Cal State and the marketing programs. So we have partnered with um, organizations like Hootsuite and HubSpot to provide at no charge certification training to our students to teach them how to do things. And if they pass the certifications from those two companies, they actually get a certificate that they can post very, here's the branding, listen to what I'm going to say. You just got a certificate from HubSpot, which is the number one CRM system on the planet, both in revenue and in users. So how do you win? You apply for the certification, you pass the test, and then you post the results on your LinkedIn profile and also on your resume. More people are getting more jobs today who claim to be marketing professionals because they have those certifications. Did you just hear that? Get certified, take a test, put it on LinkedIn. Is there a website or knowledge of these certifications or something yes. popular? Well, I'll just, uh, you can go to hootsuite.com, learn about what they have to offer. If you're in, the, in a good university, it's got relationships with them, you can take these certifications at no charge to you if you're a student. The other one is hubspot.com and learn as much as you want. Let me repeat that again. Hootsuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E.com and HubSpot.com where you can take online certifications, put them in your LinkedIn profile, your job resumes, Miguel De Jesus, MDJ, as I call him, certified professional coach, executive coach, sales, marketing, management consultant, C-level executive, 30 plus years, Miguel De Jesus. Thank you for joining the Hire Manager. Fogger News out. <laughs>